Maybe we can try that next week. Okay. We'll, we'll do just a quick like round of push-ups or something right okay. before we record next week. And we'll like, this is Mike. And I'll be like, this is Steve. Whoa. No. You sound like a mouse from Cinderella. Hey, this is Mike. And this is Steve. And we don't know what we're doing. Each week we pick a different topic and then spend some time trying to figure it out. And today we're talking about filler words and why we use them. Yep, and how they affect us in life. And some tips on how to stop using them. And so, Steve, why did we pick this topic? Well, I think we picked this topic because as we've been listening to ourselves on the show over the past several weeks, Mm -hmm. we've noticed that we use a lot of filler words. Like, totally. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> Especially last week. I don't know if uh, listeners had realized that I gave a lot of examples of filler words because I was tired. Yeah, I, I think that's the big thing is the more tired we are as we record these, the the more filler words we're using. I agree. So you'll probably hear a lot of them tonight because <laughs> it's already 10.15 and we're just starting to record and I have to be up at 4.00. So this will go great. I, I think it will be great. Yeah. So why don't we start by defining what filler words are. All right. Since I just used one. I will totally start talking about it. So what I learned about filler words was that they're words that we use when we can't think of the next word or when we're nervous or anxious or really tired and our words kind of get ahead of our thoughts. Hmm. And they're also known as uh, discourse markers, mm-hmm. interjections, and uh, th- um, verbal pauses. Mm. Yeah. You I just used a lot of like discourse sentence. markers, interjections, and verbal pauses. <laughs> Got to catch that. Yeah. All right. So also, what are some of these examples of these filler words? I mean, I just gave you some right there. Yeah, and again, and right, right there. there. <laughs> so right there. Right there. All right. Here we go. Some examples of filler words. Like, um, uh, er, I mean, literally, you know, okay, and right. Mm-hmm. And how about I give you an example? <laughs> You've given us plenty already, <laughs> but go ahead. Like, oh my God, I totally love that um, movie. That's just Valley Girl speak. Uh, you know, like that er, the one with all those... Um, explosions. Believe me, I have literally never seen so many explosions at one time. All right, that was that was my example. I see you didn't like my example. Mm, I think that took it over the top. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I think that really points out though that we use these kind of words so often that we don't even notice that we're using them half the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe why don't we talk about why we use them? Uh, and I did a lot of research on this over the week, and apparently so have a lot of scientists that have done a lot of research on this over the weekend. I'm not going to get into all of it, but I'll just kind of run through some of the more interesting parts that I found, and then we can talk about it. Okay. <laughs> okay. 
Um, so I think you already touched on part of it, which is that the common idea is that, you know, we use these kind of filler words when we're nervous or lacking confidence in something, but that's not the only reason. Um, and language professors have looked at this a lot. And sometimes we use them when we're just more conscious of who we're talking to and what we're trying to say. So, um, you know, that's definitely the case when you're nervous about something, but it could also just be if you really respect somebody and you want to make sure that you're saying the right things to that person. Hmm. Sometimes you'll end up using more filler words because, you know, your brain's not caught up to your mouth yet. And, you know, you don't want to look silly. So you keep, you know, putting, you know, like, you know, things in, you know, like your speech. Um, gotcha. Yeah. Um, so the big kind of use case for this is using the word so, which is one that I use all the time. Yeah, you do. Yeah. So, you know, we do this. And so, you know, last week we did that. And so this meeting is going to be really good. <laughs> but I think that's a, a really good example of that where, you know, you're trying to pick words or choose the words that will fit your audience best. And so you kind of stall a little bit to make sure that you're choosing those words accurately. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes we also use filler words when we're trying to just think through a problem. So like I said, your brain hasn't caught up yet. So sometimes if somebody is asking you a question that is a little bit more complicated, even if you're not nervous, you might just need to think about the answer a little bit more. Okay. So then... sometimes you slow down and, you know, you don't want to keep uh, the room in silence. So you verbalize a little bit with the filler words. Gotcha. It can also uh, indicate lying in some cases. So it turns out that law enforcement will often look for certain speech patterns, including filler words, to determine if a suspect is lying. Because if a suspect isn't actually confident in what they're saying and they're using a lot of filler words, they're probably trying to think of what to say rather than just reciting what they knew. Ooh, that's so that interesting. Can indicate lying. Yeah. Is there are there were there any specific ones that came up? Mm, not really specific to cases, but I'm sure if we looked at Law and Order SVU or something, all the criminals would be using um a lot. Mm. But I guess I think that one, if you think about it, it just is kind of common sense. You know, if you kind of think about times in your life when maybe you weren't being the most honest, you maybe stalled a little bit in your speech. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that kind of thing comes across in our pop culture too. Um, you know, you see people stammering a little bit when they're caught in a situation where they're lying and things like that. Um, and then a 2014 study that I looked up, um, was really interesting. So they analyzed 10 years of language transcripts to find different trends. Uh, and these were specifically around only the words. I know I keep using them myself. Mm -hmm. I think partially it's because I'm reading them too. Uh, huh. Mm -hmm. So this study specifically looked at, uh, words and phrases, including, I mean, you know, like, uh, and um. So it turns out that uh and um are used, in this study, they were used fairly the same across both genders and ages. Mm -hmm. um, but that one kind of varies by a fact that I found later. So it was interesting to see some of the uh, contrast across some of these studies. But also in this one, uh, there were definitely trends used by younger people versus older people. So phrases like I mean, you know, and like were used by far younger. more by younger people. Yeah, I bet. Which I think you can kind of understand. Like totally. Like for sure. <laughs> um, but the most interesting thing about the study was that it also just kind of indicated that these filler words could be used as like a social marker. 
So sometimes you will fill them in depending on people that you talk to regularly because it's just a part of your speech in that social group. Gotcha. So Which it kind of think just is what I do. Help the conversation because everybody else is kind of doing it and exactly. along the same uh, peer status. Exactly. Oh, very yeah. interesting. Yeah. The other weird piece about this that I found was that marketers are starting to adapt their speech and marketing to match this because people feel more confident or comfortable when kind of like what we just talked about when your peer group uses a certain type of language. Mm -hmm. So marketers are now starting to fill in some of these filler words in marketing yeah. to make uh, it more approachable. So like drink Coca-Cola, <laughs> like totally? Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool, cool. cool. <laughs> so as you can see, now that we are talking about it, it gets more and more annoying when you when you kind of hear it over and over again. Mm -hmm. I wonder if other countries and cultures do this. I think you did some research on that part. I did. Uh, so. So. <laughs> uh, yeah. A bunch of countries have these kind of filler words, a uh, um, bunch of languages. Mm -hmm. um, some examples were Arabic. Mm -hmm. There was Yani. It okay. was similar to like. Okay. Uh, Filipino or Tagalog. Mm -hmm. Tagalog. Yeah. Tagalog. Mm -hmm. There we go. Uh, a, E, I. Mm. There was Ano. Okay. You had a bunch of Filipino friends, right? Growing yeah. Up? Do you remember like some of the families? Mm, I kind of remember some of the vowel-y kind of sounds that you just mentioned. Yeah. Ano uh, means the what mm. or similar to that. And ganun. Okay. Uh, like that. Oh, interesting. Uh, Spanish has a bunch. I know this uh, from family and friends when okay. they speak. Give me some uh, examples. It's como. Ah, uh, okay. Uh -huh. What? Pues is as well. Or not as well, but it's uh, similar to well. Mm. Uh, a ver. Okay. Let's see. Bueno. <laughs> Usually means good. Yeah. But in the case uh, of a filler word, it's mm -hmm. used as well. Bueno. Interesting. Yeah. So give me an example of a sentence. How, how would a Spanish speaker use this in a sentence? Bueno, vamos a la playa. What does that mean? Well, let's go to the beach. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I got that right. Woohoo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Turkish, uh -huh. Yani, which okay. is... That was similar you know, to the other one. The Arabic said. one, yeah. yes. Uh, but in this case, it's so. Oh, interesting. But it was like in Arabic? Uh-huh. Uh, yes. Interesting. And falan? Okay. Uh, like. Okay. So, yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting. And there were tons of other languages yeah. that had uh, filler words. Mm -hmm. But uh, it seems to exist in lots of languages. And, of course, that makes sense because, you know, conversations and generations and whatnot, mm -hmm. you know, trying to speak the... The in common, uh, yeah, it's language. funny. I think it's interesting because it's one of these things where we don't even realize we're doing it. Mm -hmm. But when you when you watch a speech or you or you hear somebody giving a speech or you see somebody doing something on TV and they use these a lot, mm -hmm. it gets really annoying and you get distracted by it. You do, and you kind of don't not believe in them, but you don't um, <laughs> you don't follow them as well. Yeah, maybe exactly. they're the point that they're trying to get across. Maybe is less credible now, mm -hmm. or maybe not like subconsciously, it's less credible. Yeah, because you're tuning out, or you're like, oh, do these people actually know what they're talking yeah. about? And it's funny too how it's different when it's a conversation between two people. Mm -hmm. 
like I'm sure if I went back and listened to this conversation between us, it wouldn't stand out as much because it's just a dialect between us. Yes. But if I was watching somebody give a speech and, um, well, the answer to that question, sir, um, is like, um, see, something like that would come off much more obvious to me. Yeah. And the verbal pauses, uh, lead to maybe you're not as confident in their, uh, knowledge of mm-hmm. the subject that girl don't know how to do her job that's all i know <laughs> yeah and we we had an example where i i made a comment where there was a a speech or a there was a speaker that was talking and i was like wow he was really well spoken mm. he really didn't use many uh verbal pauses or mm-hmm. filler words yeah he was pretty straight to the point he was super knowledgeable and that came across mm-hmm. and i i made that note yeah, yeah, I found similar stuff, especially this week while we've been researching for this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a a designer and letter artist that I follow, uh, Jessica Hish. Uh, she's really famous in our industry, but she started doing these Facebook Live streams where she just kind of turns on her phone and streams whatever she's doing in the studio that day, and it might mm-hmm. be just her working on a letter form. Sometimes it's uh, she's done this really cool thing where she's uh, asked for people to submit work in progress and she'll do some cleanup on it. Mm -hmm. But what's really interesting is that she's kind of narrating it stream of consciousness while she does these Facebook live things. And she just comes across so confident. And one of the reasons I realize is because she doesn't use a ton of these filler words. Really? So, so she's, she's doing this, uh, just on the fly mm-hmm. and she's not using filler words. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. It is. And she'll use them once in a while because she'll do things where she's explaining what she's doing. So she'll be in, you know, Adobe Illustrator, for example, modifying a letter form and playing around with Bezier curves and things like this. And, and she's really good about just narrating exactly what she's doing. The speech is very fluid. She's mm-hmm. very confident. And then when she switches to something where she's going to pause and read a question that viewers are submitting, mm-hmm. sometimes she will use a filler word where she says, um, let me see, I'm going to uh, read one of these things because, you know, she's trying to read while talking. Mm-hmm. And of course, your brain doesn't work that fast. But I was just really impressed with the way that she just comes across so naturally while doing this. Well, maybe in that 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 case, she's doing what she's talking about yeah and she knows what she's talking about mm-hmm. so it's reinforcing exactly mm-hmm. it's not like she's trying to think of new things she's telling you what she's doing yeah so it's like almost a one-to-one yeah exactly i think that comes around to that sort of confidence bit around this kind of a thing mm-hmm. where even if you are confident in what you're talking about if you're just not f- as familiar with that subject matter i think you'll slow down even right now, just the two of us, as we're kind of talking stream of consciousness, I've even noticed just over the last two minutes here, we're using filler words a lot less than we were at the beginning of the show. Yes, I think we're now taking we're time up to, and, yeah, exactly. to uh, think about what we're going to release out of our mouth holes. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I did find something else uh, kind of interesting about okay. uh, you know, filler words and kind of what you were talking about. Um, in regular conversation and whatnot, mm-hmm. but it was used in being polite. Yes. So in cases where people like, oh, would you like to come over to you know my party? Mm-hmm. And somebody just straight up saying no, mm. that came off as rude. Yeah. Whereas if someone was saying, um, well, you know, yeah. I, I really can't make it. And then people were more uh, understanding of that. It's like softens the blow exactly. a little bit. Yeah, that's interesting. I found that it was in a, like a study or a, mm-hmm. you know, a, a, something. Uh, yeah, I came across a few of the same things. I know what you mean. 
Yeah, it was. But it was funny because it was like a British thing. Oh, really? The one, the one that I was reading, it was a British thing. Interesting. Yeah, I came across some some similar stuff about we either consciously or subconsciously will use filler words to kind of cushion what we're about to say. Mm-hmm. Sometimes if it's offensive or we don't want to let somebody down, like you kind of mentioned, yeah, I read the same thing. Oh. It's really interesting. We yeah. use a lot of this stuff for sort of subtle psychology around yes. our language. Subtle psychology. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. One of the other things, too, I thought was interesting, just as a personal observation, is, um, you know, we were talking about how do other languages and other countries use these kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, in my day-to-day work, we deal with a lot of people from uh, Tokyo, from Japan. Okay. And it's really interesting when I listen to people uh, from the U.S., uh, when we're speaking, we do that. You know, that's that's what we do. We do that. Uh, or when somebody asks us a question and we need a second to respond, we'll mm-hmm. go, hmm, or um... And I've noticed that uh, some of the Japanese counterparts from our Tokyo office, they, they do similar but slightly different where they'll, where they'll go, hmm, where it's it's more of a MMM sound rather than a UHH or a whatever. Huh, funny. So very, very similar but slightly modified. Well, also to tag on to that, it was funny because when I was looking up some more information about you know what I was going to talk about, mm-hmm. I found some sites or some uh, documentation about how to use filler words when you're learning a new language. Oh, that's interesting. So it was using them as a positive because I think to your example, mm-hmm. it was trying to, well, I don't really know this word right here, but um, Oh, so it's trying I'll to fill in, fill in the blanks to transition a bit. Yeah. Interesting. I can see that. Yeah, actually, I can see that because I think even from our travels, when we've gone to other places, when you, <laughs> when you stammer a little bit like that, people people that do speak that language natively, they jump in and they understand, okay, he, he needs help now. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. I wouldn't have thought about that, but yeah, definitely. I wonder, though, how can we stop using these if we've just kind of made some, you know, observations <laughs> that we use these a lot, which, which we do, especially while recording this. Uh-huh. How can we stop doing it? So, I mean, step one, you admit you have a problem. Well, check on that. (laughs) We have a big problem on this. So one way uh, that I found was to use PTA. What's that? So PTA, pause. Parent-teacher association? No. Oh. Pause, think, Mm -hmm. answer. Okay. PTA. Repeat it back to me. Pause, think, answer. There you go. Can I tell you really quick what I think about when I when I hear this? What? I think about <laughs> I think about that episode of Friends where Joey's trying to teach people how to act and he says <laughs> and he says, pretend you're thinking of like how to do a math problem in your head and he's got that internal monologue and his face just gets confused and distorted. That's all I can think about now. And that was when they cut to like the last shot or whatever where it's an extended one. What? Wasn't it where he's like just when they're like doing that like minute like close up in oh, your yeah. face and you're like act like you're yeah yeah uh, anyways uh yeah pause think answer okay while it might seem weird to pause uh, pausing to think about your answer will help you deliver better responses mm. and it'll help lessen the use of filler words that's interesting another way is to oh you, you want well to i was just about thinking it? about the pause is interesting because i think that would work okay if you're in person but for example, one of the thing, one of the areas where I struggle with using filler words is when I'm on calls at work all mm-hmm. the time, and often my calls are over the phone. 
mm-hmm. so they can't actually see my face. Ah. So I wonder how that would be received if I was trying to do a pause. Would they be like, oh, d- d- did the connection just break? Did we lose you? <laughs> well, in, in these examples, it was meant to be like face-to-face or mm. maybe in a uh, maybe a speech presentation. Okay. I see. But in that case, like a presentation or whatever, that's going to be more of like you're practicing. Mm. But conversation face-to-face – that's when you want to, you know, do the pauses. And I read something about pausing where the people that were, like, listening to you, mm-hmm. they didn't really um, take the, like, the ums. You know, mm-hmm. ums can kind of make you feel or seem like you don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. The pauses didn't really come across that way. The pauses were like, oh, they're they're taking a little time to actually come up with a proper response or a well-informed response hmm. or uh, a good response. Interesting. But if they were like, um... Well, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Then that was a little more, oh, that one didn't really seem like they knew what they're talking about or whatnot. I can see that because when I think about when I interview people for a job, too, mm-hmm. I definitely notice in those kind of situations when somebody says, um, a lot. Mm-hmm. Versus I think if somebody was just going to pause for a second, I might actually understand that they're taking... They're taking a pause to think about the question that I just answered rather than just jumping into an answer. The one that you just asked. Yeah. That's that's what I meant. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I didn't pause and think and then answer. You didn't. You didn't PTA. I Steve. didn't. So another way is to ask for help. <laughs> okay. So an example is when you ask your friends or coworkers or family mm-hmm. to point out when you're using filler words. Okay. So like, hey. You keep using um all the time. Okay. Stop that. All right. Or, oh, I noticed that you really say like all the time, which yeah. is funny because my dad called me out on it when I was younger mm-hmm. in high school. He's like, stop saying like. Yeah. I think I got called out on that too when I was in high school. Yeah. For sure. He got mad at me. <laughs> it's interesting you note uh, the idea of help. One of the things I stumbled across when researching for this episode was from Toastmasters International. You mm-hmm. know who that is? No, but I did. I looked at their page. Okay, yeah, but that was one of the techniques that they use. Is is um, I forget what they called it, like a an ah counter or something like that. But <laughs> basically, that's exactly what it is. Where while you're practicing a speech within the Toastmasters club, uh, and just for whenever whoever doesn't know about Toastmasters, it's a a club like an organization around the world where it's um, designed to bread? help you bread. No butter. I would love that club. Mm. Mm. But no, this is. <laughs> More about how to how to give uh, better public speaking. Oh, so this is one of the techniques they do is somebody in the room is in charge of kind of monitoring. So, for example, if you were practicing a speech, every time you would use a filler word, that person would make a noise, either ding a bell or <laughs> drop a pin into a bucket or 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 shake something. Oh, so maybe we'll, maybe we'll try this over the next segment here. I'll, oh, I'll, I'll shake every time you use a filler word that I notice. Or you can take like three shots and then go to your. <laughs> That's so annoying. <laughs> Take three shots of, you know, vodka and then go to your... <laughs> it's bad, right? You just like to, to do that. Mm, we'll see. Yeah. Like when I had to take... <laughs> When, okay, I had to do the, when I had to do the speech for my dad's wedding mm-hmm. and didn't really know that I was going to do it until like right before there. Yeah. And... <laughs> And then you were uh, nervous. And had I to was think nervous. About what to say? I did have to think of what to say, and with I, a lot of champagne. No, I, it was like two shots of something, tequila probably. Mm, Might have been vodka, mm. but yeah, I think that helped to to calm me down. I and, see. 
actually give a speech right before I had to. Yeah. Yeah. Which was really weird. But uh yeah. Interesting. But, um yeah, it's funny too because when we're talking about using this stuff or why you should stop using these, you mm-hmm. know. Um, one of the things, other than the fact that it's annoying. Okay, can I have the little thing? Okay, fine. Call you yeah, you do it now. All right. now. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm super self-conscious and don't <laughs> want to talk. Okay. While we were researching this, one of the things that came up was that people tend to use these filler words as a crutch. Mm-hmm. So you just kind of start relying on them. Mm-hmm. Rather than having your normal speech, you just sort of rely on them to fill in the gaps without even thinking about Okay, so I realized that in that last sentence, yeah. that last uh, dialogue you had, I didn't shake didn't. it, but you just did it. Yeah, but you you were not doing it no, you because you saw. I was thought I saw the thing, and you saw the then shaker. I was thinking about it. That's an interesting idea, actually. I'm just gonna hold this up for all the practicing. Time. Yeah, that's interesting. It is very interesting. Yeah. So another uh, another tip to yes. help you get rid of filler words: mm-hmm. recording yourself. Well, clearly that has not worked for us. <laughs> I feel like every time we re-listen to an episode where we tell each other, geez, we use so many filler words. Do we? When did you ever say that? We've talked about it like five times since we started doing the show. <laughs> Give me those damn mints. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Recording yourself. Yes. Uh, if you have a speech or presentation coming up, mm-hmm. you can record yourself and see just how many filler words you say. Okay, that so, makes sense if you are recording like a, a speech over and over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because then like... you'll notice. I, well, I be, because I think when it's a speech or something that you are practicing the same language over and over again, mm-hmm. you're able to identify patterns of where am I stumbling along this speech, mm-hmm. which is very maybe, different than what we're doing now. And maybe it's something that you need more information about. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a subject that you're not really super clear about. Or so, maybe the wording that you're choosing for the speech is just rough there and your ooh. brain isn't wrapping around it. Then you need a little uh, revision. Mm-hmm. Oh. Or maybe you need two shots of tequila. Maybe, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it can help you focus solely on your message and help you get, get practice. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, and you can, again, when you were talking about, you can count the ums, likes, Mm -hmm. and other filler words that you say, and you might be surprised at the total amount. I can tell you right now, I'm not going to count the number of them in this episode because it will be horribly depressing. I was going to give you a challenge to do it. Oh, I don't have time. It's already 1040. I don't have time to do this. Not tonight. Maybe you can do it and then post it on Facebook. Maybe. Okay. All right. (laughs) So what's the benefit of stopping to using them? Well, I think we already kind of touched upon a few of the things, but in general, the benefit would be obviously your speech will come across smoother. So mm-hmm. you'll have fewer starts and stops between your speech. You'll feel more confident in, in whatever you're saying. Mm-hmm. That's the big one here. So not only will you feel more confident, but people listening to you will think, will understand and see your confidence increase. Mm-hmm. By using fewer filler words. I am watching your confidence increase before my eyes. Well, thank you, Michael. I appreciate your in confidence in my confidence. Your candor. My candor is lacking. <laughs> uh, but the other thing, too, is it can make you sound more believable so or more knowledgeable in what you're talking about. That's mm-hmm. the big benefit here. So if you think about the times, you know, you kind of touched upon some of these earlier about... What are the times when it's important is, you know, 
big events like a job interview or a wedding when you have to give a toast or um, a speech. You know, these are the kinds of times when you you really want to be your best at this kind of speaking. So I think that's where that really counts. Exactly. Yeah. There was something I read that said it was like, (laughs) don't do these. Don't use these filler words during a presentation. Well, yeah. And it was like a uh, presentation killer. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It was was some (laughs) very aggressive language. Interesting. It, it, I think that's really interesting because in I feel like in the modern work world, uh, you know, you you don't always have time to re- rehearse your presentations over and over again. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of times in my career, I've been <laughs> wrapping up a deck for a presentation up until five minutes before I go to give it hmm. with no time for rehearsal at all just because days are so chaotic and things like that. So that's a really interesting one. I guess you'd have to really pick and choose when something is important enough for you to rehearse, I guess. Yeah. If you're really trying to convince that executive. I guess so. Get my project going. I guess so. You better uh, fund my project. <laughs> um, You better fund my project. Like, like now. Me. You know? Yeah. So, why don't we head home with some WTF facts? Okay. All right. So, there weren't a whole lot of surprising or amazing WTF facts. Okay. But here's some things I found. Okay. So according to research in 2011 from Dr. Eric Ankton. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Uh, men prefer uh and women prefer um. Interesting. I found this WTF fact as well. Ah, that I thought you re- you were going to reference this yeah. one. But so yeah, what, I thought that was really interesting as well because in one of the previous things I was talking about, a different piece of research said it was similar across the board when they analyzed speech. Mm-hmm. But this one actually said that we vary greatly. Hmm. So maybe it just depends on the different kinds of situations where the speech is being analyzed, too. That's true. Because the 10 years of transcripts in the previous study that I was talking about, um, mm-hmm. it was all from the same like body of work. Okay. So same kind of group of types of people over 10 years. So maybe that's the key is, you know, when you're in that same kind of group, the things are more level across the board. Mm-hmm. But maybe overall, these that's where the statistic is coming in. Yeah. All right. What else could you got? be? Using um could cause people to believe you're less honest. But you already said that. I already kind of touched but on that one. Yeah. I wanted to tag onto that. It's okay. something that we did earlier. We sold the TV. Mm-hmm. And oh yes, <laughs> I noticed this today. Yes, <laughs> sold the TV, and this kid bought it, and he. Sold it on like Facebook Marketplace. Yeah, yeah. And this kid we're not was... working at Circuit City. <laughs> <laughs> he he asked if the TV worked because it was all in a box. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, um, yes. And, and like, then he was immediately he's like, like "Why the hesitation? Yeah. <laughs> Why did you hesitate? Exactly. That? And as and soon then... as you did it, I was like, "Oh God, this is gonna go south." And then I explained why it was because we had it, you know, it boxed up. It was wor- totally working yeah. before. We boxed it up and had it for like maybe a month or so mm-hmm. upstairs. And he he was like, hmm. I was like, we can, you know, unbox it and turn it on if you want to check it out. Like, yeah. I don't really have anything to hide. Yeah. And he, he did ask for that. Yeah. <laughs> he oh, just, did he, did he yeah. unbox it? Yeah, we unboxed it. And turned it on? He, and we turned it on. Oh, to make good. Sure. Good. And it worked. Good. But yeah, that, that was an example where he mm-hmm. really wasn't trusting. I don't know. I wouldn't trust you either. You shady. Shut up. <laughs> All right, what else? Uh, I found this study uh, or this uh, infographic okay. of uh 
or um use in the U.S. Okay. Did you, you see this at all? No, I didn't. Okay. So this was done back in 2014. Uh, forensic linguist looked through 6 billion words on Twitter. Okay. From uh, uh, the U.S. Okay. And he used it to see where the ums and uh, us were. On used. Twitter? Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So he found that middle and southern and the southern U.S. had a strong tendency to use a. Hmm. So, for example, Texas, New mm-hmm. Mexico, Oklahoma, Illinois, and, mm-hmm. and more, mm-hmm. kind of all around the center and south. Hmm. And the West Coast had the tendency to, to say, uh. Okay. With the exception being the Bay Area. The Bay Area was more leaning to, um. That's weird. Yeah, I, I thought that was weird. It was all this one color except for the Bay Area. Hmm. And a little bit towards the, the top of California. Interesting. Like California, Oregon. But yeah, that was super interesting. Now, that would be interesting to analyze our speech patterns because I grew up in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. And now that we're back here, I've lived most of my life in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. But you're from Texas. So that would be interesting to go back and analyze maybe even just this episode mm-hmm. and see, do I say um and you say uh? Or maybe it, it's washed out because I've lived here so long that I just fall or maybe. In. I try not to say hella, but it's... Why not? Hella's hella cool. It's hella. It's a filler word. Mm. Should add that. It's really not. Hella, yeah. No, it's not. It's a descriptor. Hella, um... No, yeah. because something can be cool, but is it just cool or is it hella cool? Uh, it's All hella. right, give me your other stupid It's hella fact. cool. Wait. And the East Coast, you didn't even wonder oh, we're about not the East done. Coast. No, I don't usually wonder about the East Coast. You're rude. I am. Sorry, listeners from the East Coast. He is not hella cool. <laughs> Why don't you hella move on? East Coast. It had a strong tendency to say um. Okay. And also Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Michigan. <laughs> they also said um. Yeah, they fell more towards saying um. Hmm. That's weird. Yeah, that's kind of all I got. Okay. I have two what WTF facts for you. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, Lord. One more. Okay. Uh and um are not the same. <laughs> uh, yes, that's true. Uh is used for brief delays, and ums are used usually for longer delays. Okay. So, uh, Let's go to the park. Um, I'm not sure we, we should eat tonight. I see. Uh, and also, uhs seem to heighten listeners' attention. I, I thought that was kind of WTF facts. I know it was just these are facts. more just facts. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, uh seem to heighten listeners' attention. Okay, so whenever you say like uh, and then that kind of perks the ears up of the listener hmm. or the cat. But ums do not. Ums again. I guess goes back to the mm, they don't know what they're talking about, or maybe they're lying. Mm, we don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> All right, what do you got? Okay, I have two. Okay. First one, there was a study done at the University of Georgia where they experimented with the effects of ketamine on filler words. Oh, funny. I read this, but I wasn't going to say this. I thought this was really like, what the? That's weird. Yeah. So participants, this was a double blind study, which which just means that there's a control group which gets a placebo, which Mm -hmm. doesn't actually do anything. Mm -hmm. And then the other group gets the whatever that's going to affect them, but they don't tell which is what. They don't tell participants which is what. I thought it was like... Both people had blinders or like maybe no, bandanas no, over their head. Doesn't, doesn't mean that. And they were both blind. No. But okay. basically, what came out of this was that people who were given ketamine used far more filler words. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Yes. 
I guess. I, mean, I guess when I think about it, it's kind of, yeah, obviously. Yeah. But at the same time, I thought it was also interesting. I don't remember. Did it say what specific ones they said, or was it just like, um? I don't remember. I didn't take the note on that. Okay. Yeah. But, okay. I have one more. Okay. This was my really interesting WTF fact. Okay. So, Whoa. use of the word so is believed to have started in Silicon Valley. Really? Yes. They're like, so you want to invest in all my things and yes. I'm pitching you. Yes. So uh, back in 1999, there was an author named Michael Lewis who was writing a book here in Silicon Valley and noted then that the engineers were often starting sentences with so. And it's <laughs> believed because it was possibly trying to bridge between cultures and languages. Ooh. So if you think about it, software companies, you have a lot of different cultures coming together. Mm-hmm. And sometimes there may be a communication barrier or you're just trying to possibly ad- adapt your speech for people who are not uh, native speakers of the same mm-hmm. language as you or whatever. So the thought at the time was um, that he he observed that it could have been different colleagues trying to bridge uh, cultural gaps. So hmm. by saying... For example, instead of just saying, you know, jumping into a meeting and just starting off with the data proves that Mega Man is cooler than Mario or whatever. Okay. You know, when you soften that blow, kind of like we talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. So the data proves that Mega Man is cooler than Mario, you know. (laughs) So I just thought that was really interesting that it's believed that 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 filler word or phrase or what do we call it distractor distinctor whatever it was distinctor (laughs) distinctor wow i don't know i don't think it's that kind of word probably not anyways i thought it was (laughs) interesting that it's believed to have started here huh yeah that's super cool yeah well i think it's time to take this show home yeah well how are we going to use them in our show can we put them to use or get rid of them put these uh ways to stop using them i think we have at least acknowledged that we have a problem. <laughs> we that was the first step. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think if we get more prepared and practice a little bit, mm-hmm. and with not record what we're gonna super say late, and not record super late, yes, I think we can we can make some ground at, at eliminating these a little bit. Oh, one more thing. I I don't remember if I heard this or I read this, but it was about uh, how to <laughs> how to. Uh, <laughs> How to how to also help to not use it mm-hmm. is to like do some push-ups or do some workouts or whatever. What? Right before you're going to speak, maybe not a big ton of workout, but like a just get the blood flowing. Exactly, get the blood flowing. Maybe release some of that anxiety or tension or oh, nervousness. I was thinking it was that like endorphins would and maybe make that your too. mind go clearer or something. And maybe that too. But yeah, I thought that that's was interesting. interesting. Maybe we can try that next week. Okay, we'll, we'll do just a quick. Like round of push-ups or something right okay. before we record next week. And, like, this is Mike. And, this and I'll is be Steve. like, and I'll be like, this is Steve. Whoa, no, you sound like a mouse from Cinderella. <laughs> All right, <laughs> please don't sound like that next week. Okay, okay, yeah, <gasps> next week. Oh, that's gonna be fun. Oh yeah, should we talk about that really quick? Uh, okay, so next week we're gonna have a very special episode of the Mike and Steve Show. Yeah, starring. Check and Selmo. Who did our little... Yeah. I can't stay. Yeah. So you guys hear Chad's voice every week at the beginning of the show. He's the vocals in our theme song. <laughs> uh, Chad's a really good friend of ours. And next week, we're going to have him on the show uh, to talk about a really cool event that he did uh, this last year. Yeah. 
And I think maybe we won't say anything more than that at I, this point. I don't think we should. Cool. Teaser. Yeah. But I think it's going to be a really fun episode next week. Mm-hmm. It should be interesting. Cool. All right. Shall we wrap it up? Let's wrap it up. I'll uh, let you wrap it up. Okay. Here's I'll the ribbon. bow on it. Thank All you. All right. <laughs> Music for our show is by Dimitri Banoff and Adi Goldstein with opening vocal, as we just mentioned, from our good friend Chad Conselmo. Thanks, Chad. Thanks to everybody for liking, subscribing. If you can, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts uh, and give us a rating there. It helps our show get seen by more people. Yeah, give us some feedback. Let us know how we're doing. Yeah. So until next week, have a good one. Bye. Bye. Bye.